It's the Harland Highway. I don't know why I did, did that little soft little voice, but why not? Um, hey everybody, it's Harland Williams, and you're listening to the Harland Highway Podcast. Welcome everybody. What a show we have today. Oh my God, we're going to be taking, so, you know, as you know, the, the podcast is ending shortly and in a few months, and people are starting to call in and leave their voice messages, and, and we're going to play a few today. It, it gets kind of emotional. It gets kind of heavy, but we talk about it. We're going to kind of do an on-air therapy session about the podcast coming to an end. We're going to work through it together. So we got that going on. Also, uh, I had a major celebrity sighting. I always like to tell you when I when I bump into a giant celebrity here in Hollywood. So I had a run-in with uh, a very lovely and charming uh, celebrity. I will tell you all about that encounter. And then lastly, we're going to be talking uh, to Professor uh, Rutherford Grimes, who is a professor in, uh, in African-American uh, literature, culture, uh, social issues, everything. And we're going to be talking about this horrible hate crime that was a uh, supposed hate crime that was perpetrated by this actor, Jesse Moulet, the guy that staged a hate crime on himself. So we're going to get into that. It gets heavy. This is the Harland Highway. Do you know my name? It's on the marriage certificate. I've never seen you before in all my life. Hold on to your airbag. You heartless, heartless monsters. All of you through and through. You're riding down the Harland Highway. When you see a fallen star, means a witch has just died. You clumsy idiot. The Harland Highway. All I want is to hear people say something again and to see people moving again. I'm Floyd Bernie, the rockabilly boy. Don't you understand? You're listening to Harland Williams. I can't be your daughter. I'm a machine. Man, you've been dead a thousand years. My George, I think he's got it. You're riding down the Harland Highway with Harland Williams. What's up, Doc? Mister, if you don't lose, you're going to lose right now. Don't leave me here! La, la, la. Raj, let's start the show with a uh, Hollywood celebrity encounter. Can can we have some, like, exciting uh, celebrity encounter music to kick off the show? Okay, that's good. Yeah. Yes. Okay, perfect. Uh, so as you know, yours truly, Big Daddy I like to call myself, uh, I live and work a lot in, uh, well, I work a lot in Hollywood, but I live in Hollywood, or Hollyweird, and, uh, you know, I'm in the entertainment business, man, so, uh, you know, I meet a lot of celebs, and I run into celebs, and la dee dee da so, uh, this week... I ran into one of the top-tier A-lister female movie stars who's been kind of like at the top of the list for, I don't know, the last 20 years maybe. Do you want to guess who it is? Uh, I'll give you her initials. C-T. Yeah, C-T, gang. You give up? Charlize Theron. Or Charlize Theron, or Charlize however you want to pronounce it. Uh, and it wasn't the first time I met her, but I haven't seen her in a while. And so let me tell you, I, I'm doing—they're uh, doing a new Adams Family movie, an animated uh, movie. MGM is doing a big studio uh, feature film of the Adams Family, and uh, I've been. Uh, I've been uh, asked to do some voices, several voices on the movie. And so uh, I've been in doing that, and I went in uh, this past week, and uh, another person doing voices on the movie is Charlize Theron. And so, uh, you know, sometimes our sessions overlap or, you know, they butt up against each other. So uh, she was in working. And I went in for my session, and she was still recording. So I had to, you know, sit and watch her work for about uh, five or ten minutes before 
my session started, I was like, uh, hello, Theron, hurry up, please. Mr. Williams is here. Please hurry up, Charlize Theron. <laughs> and, uh, and so it was fun to watch her do her voice work, you know, because you sit in the studio and you look through the glass the same way I'm looking at Roger right now. No offense, Roger. Nowhere near as hot as Charlize Theron. Uh, so when she finished, uh, you know, I got up, I walked into the studio and I, I said to her, I go, as I live and breathe, Charlize Theron. And much to my delight, she looked up and lit up and she's like, oh my God, hi. And she ran over and threw her arms around me and hugged me. And, uh, and it was so cool. You know, I th it's funny because it's the same place that I, a few podcasts back, I told you that. I ran into Christopher Pratt, and he was doing some voices on another movie while I was there doing some other stuff for the Adams Family movie. And so I told you a few podcasts back a couple of months ago about my encounter with uh, Christopher Pratt, the, uh, the star of Guardians of the Galaxy and Jurassic World. Hello. And so it was at the same facility where I saw Charlize, but on, the, on this time we were working on the same project. So it was very cool. And I, I first thing I said to Charlize, I said, Charlize, do you remember we met like about 15 years ago at a bar on Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood? She goes, oh, yes, I remember. It's been so long. And and uh, and so we reminisced about that, and, and that was the first time I met her. That was just when she was starting to pop. Charlize Theron was just, she'd just kind of done one or two movies, and she was like, everyone was going, who's that girl? And so, uh, and so I got to meet her way back then, and, you know, I haven't seen her in person since. And she's wasted her time dating Sean Penn and Brad Pitt and all these guys. And it's like, hello, I'm right here, Charlize Theron. <laughs> and, uh, but it was really cool. It was almost like no time had gone by. And we just started chatting. And we ended up, I, I don't know if the producers were getting mad, but we ended up standing there and shooting the breeze for about almost half an hour, man. We were just talking away. And reminiscing, and I, one of the things that I thought you guys might find interesting is I, I, I started asking her all about um, Mad Max, you know, that crazy action movie? Because I was a fan. I grew up watching that, right? And uh, the original Mad Max movies, and so Charlize was telling me how crazy hot it was. And uh, they, I guess they shot this thing out in Africa, in South Africa, which, uh, by the way, Charlize Theron is from Africa. I don't know if you know that or not. Um, she was born there, and she was telling telling me how friggin' hot and crazy it was. And then this surprised me. She goes, we were out in that crazy desert, and we were shooting, and we didn't have an ending to the movie. And I'm like, what? She goes, yeah, we, we, there was no ending. We just kind of made it up as we went along. We had to kind of like wing it and improvise it. And I was like, holy crap. Um, I thought that was kind of a cool little nugget. And, and by the way, that's kind of the stuff that, you know, can either really work good because you just kind of didn't think about it and happened or it can, it can be a, a, a disaster. And now, if I'm being honest, I don't know that the end of Mad Max was all that good. I thought it was a bit of a letdown. If my memory serves me correct, she ended up out in the dunes with all these, like, women that have been, you know, had their own tribe out in the middle of the sand dunes. And then the movie kind of ended with her standing very empowered with all these desert women who were dirty and they looked like they just kind of went over the wrong hill from Burning Man or something. Like, I felt like if the camera went over the next sand dune, you'd see Burning Man happening. And in a way, it makes you mad because, you know, these movies cost so much money. And, they, you know, a movie like Mad Max, the, the latest one with Charlize Theron, talk about an intricate movie. I mean, the whole movie's about these elaborate car chases and explosions and motorcycle jumping and 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 so to put all that effort into all that that stuff and then and then go well we don't have an ending 
What, how do you guys feel today? Anybody, you guys at the food trailer, anybody got an idea for an ending over here? Guys? Anybody uh, know the ending to this uh, $300 million movie that we've been shooting for two years? Anybody? It's just the ending. No, it doesn't have to be much. What? Yeah. Okay, so she's standing on the sand dunes with a bunch of dirty women from the women's tribe? Is it? Is that what you're telling me? I love it. Let's shoot it. Lights, action, camera, go. I mean, God, good Lord. But uh, outside of the movie, uh, what a delightful, uh, charming person. Very beautiful. She's a lot thinner uh, than, than she used to be. Not that she was ever overweight, but she was, when I met her the first time, she was kind of like, just kind of that normal girl weight. She's a tall woman. She's probably like almost my height, like I'm six, almost six two. She's probably, I bet she's like gotta be almost six feet. Statuesque, beautiful cheekbones, eyes. She had her hair all pulled back with a little bun at the back, her blonde hair, uh, a nice, uh, white sweater, like a thin white type of sweater and some, uh, beige kind of khaki pants and some black shoes. I took note. She's a very elegant dresser. Uh, but now she's, she's a little bit thinner. She, she looked almost a little bit, you know, that model thin, that little just bordering on, wait a minute, wait a minute. Does, does this girl need a cheeseburger? Do, do we need to curly fry this girl up? Is, is she... So she was kind of like right at the edge of like, don't get too thin on me now, Charlize Theron. Now, she didn't look unhealthy. She looked beautiful, stunning. But you don't want to get so thin that you start to get a little bony. So just a little health tip to the beautiful and charming and elegant Charlize Theron. You look great, baby. You're right there. And uh, work it. So there you go. That's my little uh, celebrity brush up. And uh, I thought I'd share it with you. So there you go. Woohoo! Hello? Hello? Hey, Arlen. This is uh, Frank from Chicago. Uh, it's been a while, Brud. I, uh, I said Brud, not Bud. Anyways, uh, I, had, I had a new baby. Uh, I got a six month old tall one around here. And my three-year-old's on top of that. Uh, been backlogged. Found out uh, tonight that uh, you were canceling your podcast. I think that's uh, bullshit. Uh, don't know why the hell you would do that. Just wanted to express my disgust. Uh, love you. Care about you a lot. Uh, separate from you and uh, everything else I love from time to time. Take care of my family. Um but uh yeah that's that's a real hard hitter man just wanted to let you know um hope you might change your mind bye oh frankie frank frank frankie frank uh, listen man thank you for the call i hear the uh the uh you know the disappointment in your voice i understand it look there there's stuff that i have in life Things that I like, uh, you know, places that I visit and, and habits that I have where I, I go to myself, man, if that ever stopped, I'd be really sad. I, I wouldn't want that to end. But yet I know somehow eventually things end. You know what I mean? So uh, as, as much as, as I, I don't want to let anyone down and disappoint at the same time, I do want to keep moving on in life and creating and, and bringing new things. So, so like I said, leave the channel open. Every now and then I will drop something new in here. Some, something, you know, maybe a little, I'll do a surprise episode of the Harland Highway or something. You just never know. Uh, but just know also, Frank, that, that I am not just like hanging it up. It's almost like, let's say you uh, you loved football, or you loved uh, football and baseball, and I went, I retired from football and went to baseball, or I was traded from, you know, the uh, the the Dallas Cowboys to the Buffalo Bills. You know, I'm I'm not uh, giving up on uh, creating content and media and and comedy. 
and all the stuff that I do. No, 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 no. Well, what I'm kind of doing is to a certain degree, even though I feel like I could do the Harland Highway forever and I could keep building on it and probably make it better and better, just as a creative guy, I feel that, you know, I've done it for almost 10 years, I think, and and I just feel like I want to step into something new. And so I'm, I'm, I haven't told you what it is yet, but I'm I'm going to start dabbling in some other interesting, uh, you know, audio-visual uh, endeavors. And so uh, hopefully you'll enjoy those just as much as you enjoy the Harland Highway. I'm, I'm a guy that likes to put a lot of work into what I do and, and make it as good as I can and make it funny and make it so that you enjoy it. And so don't despair, Frank. Uh, you will still get other incarnations of yours truly, Harlandio Wilsamio. And, uh, and uh, you know, just in this format, uh, I'm putting it to sleep. But I might reemerge as a different podcast. I might reemerge as who knows. But I do have some plans in my head. I'm not letting them out just yet because there are things that I'm developing and formulating. But... Uh, if you leave this channel open when it does happen, I will uh, I will definitely inform you, and then you can you can uh, get in on it and join and 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 watch and listen and whatever it is I do, and uh, and I'm not I'm not leaving you out in the lurch, buddy. But thank you for your uh, your heartfelt uh, call. I can see that you are you are bummed that it's going away and. And that tells me that you must have really enjoyed it and cared about it. So I appreciate all the time you spent listening, and uh, I'm glad it brought you some uh, some happiness and laughter, I hope. And uh, don't give up on me, buddy, okay? Let's take a few more of these calls because people have been calling in. They're, uh, they're uh, you know, understandably upset that the highway is being shut down. But, uh, Rods, let's play another Another despondent call. Hey, Harm. This is old Hill Billy Luchador from down in Alabama. And I just wanted to convey how disappointed I am that the Harlan Highway is coming to an end. You're a very great podcaster and uh, really love all the different uh, characters that you have on the show. And I'm very, very sad to hear about shutting down the old highway. Uh, been listening now for years and uh, really, really sad about this. I'm a podcaster myself and I've been podcasting for about four years and uh, I get about 35 listeners. I'm not very good at it and uh, you were always inspiring for me to get better at it. So uh, my listeners are also going to suffer on the count of you stopping podcasting just wanted to throw that out there buddy um i hope you do well in whatever you do in the future though and keep doing your comedy you're an hilarious you're unhilarious i don't think that's what i meant to say you are hilarious funny funny guy anyway take care buddy Thanks for all the great episodes. Well, you're welcome, uh, Hillbilly Luchador. I think that's how you pronounced it. I, it it's kind of like a French-Canadian hillbilly. Uh, hillbilly uh, Luchador. Um, I hope I'm saying that right, but I think I got hillbilly right at least. The Luchador part was a little, I don't know. That that one, I, I don't know if I heard it correctly, but uh, apologies if I mangled your beautiful name. Uh, but thank you again. Another disappointed fan. I get it. I, 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 I feel bad, but, uh, you know, you know, as you said at the end, thanks for all the episodes and here's the kicker gang. I'm leaving them all up there. Okay. I'm leaving a thousand episodes up there for you to listen to. So if, if there's, if there's years that you didn't hear the Harlan highway, if you jumped on four years in or six years in or, Eight years in, you've got years and years of the Harland Highway to listen to still. And just so you know, unlike a lot of podcasters, when I started out, probably the first, I don't know, maybe the first four or five years, maybe longer, I did three episodes a week. Three. 
I'm one's one's a ton of work, but I was I was doing three. And uh, so, you know, then I went down to two and then I'm at one and now I'm done. But but there's a lot of episodes and uh, I think you'll find that they're fairly timeless. One of the things I strive for is uh, to not make stuff too time topical. I, I do do some podcasts where I reference uh, an event that happened, but. I'd say 85% of all the material I did in the podcast, I tried to keep it like time neutral. So you couldn't pinpoint it to a news event or anything like that. And so you can go back and listen to the all the episodes and, and uh, you know, they won't feel like they're old. And so for those of you that are like, oh, no, there's no new ones. Well, I, I dare say the, the old ones are just as good as the new ones. Maybe some of them were even better. Who knows? So I'm not taking them down. They're up there. Um, and uh, you can go back 50. And if you want to listen to the whole library, it's only $20. You become a premium member and it's only 20 damn dollars for like years and years worth of podcast episodes. And all of them are crazy and have all the characters that you love. My hillbilly friend or you know, Cinnamon Boy and, and, and Dr. Debbie. And I mean, there's characters that I kind of just did one-offs. Maybe I did them once or twice. There's, you'll, you'll see how I evolved into new characters. You'll see how I let some characters go, maybe brought them back years later. I mean, there, there's, there's a whole like history in there. There's a whole library of Harlan highways. So if you're really missing it, I mean, there's so many episodes, you could probably go back f- to the beginning and listen all over again and not remember a lot of this stuff, and it will seem like a new episode. Uh, so again, thank you, Mr. Hillbilly, for, uh, for being a fan, for listening. I'm excited that you're a podcaster. I wish you had told me the name of your podcast. I would have mentioned it and given it a little plug to everybody so they could listen to your podcast. Um, but uh, and I'm I'm it warms my heart that uh, as you said I I uh, I was able to influence you or be an inspiration to you. I mean that's that's the real gravy of doing all this. I mean the the, the main main objective was to just get you guys to be laughing and entertain you, but. If, if the second wave of, of, of fulfillment from this is that people were inspired or they, they got something more meaningful than just the entertainment value from it, that's beautiful, man. I really, uh, that feels good to me. So I'm, I'm glad that happened for you. And, uh, and thank you so much for being a fan and riding down the highway with me all these years. You know what, Raj? Let's take one more. I don't want the whole podcast to be like a Debbie Downer. I mean, while we listen to people's disappointment, I think we should also remember we're celebrating all this funny, crazy stuff that's that's on the Harland Highway. So I don't want everyone to be like, oh, God, and crying. But let's take one more call, and then, you know, I think it's important that, you know, this is is kind of a way for people to... to, uh, you know, ramp up to the highway ending. That's why I'm doing this. A lot of times, like TV shows, they just end them. They're like, yeah, that's the last season of this. You know, it's just done. Or or someone gets fired at a radio, your favorite DJ. Yeah, so-and-so's gone. Oh, wait, what? I listened to it for 12 years. So the reason I'm playing these messages and letting you get, it's kind of like therapy maybe. You know, and I know I shouldn't say that too loud because next thing you know, Dr. Ascot will be coming in, but... But it's just a way for us to talk and, and kind of let let it go easily. And I know it's emotional for some. And Roger tells me this next call is a little more emotional than the others. So let's play it and let's just deal with it. And then, and then on the other side of this call, let's get back to the, the fun and frolic of the freaky fracking highway. Go ahead, Rog. Hello, Harlan. This is Debbie from Arizona. I used to call... Uh, every so often and ask for Aunt Ruthie and I just heard the podcast where you're ending your show and I just want to say I'm I'm really god damn it this is so upsetting to me I really hate that you're leaving um yeah there's a lot of podcasts but there's not like yours and 
I know I'm not the only one that's going to really, really miss your your lightheartedness and the joy you can bring in a horrible world. And I wish you would reconsider, but I know, I understand it's hard and whatever, but I just want you to know I love you and I'm going to really miss your podcast. Bye. Whoa. Well, now, Debbie, if if there's any if there's any voicemail that could make me change my mind, this one probably came the closest. I mean, man, oh man, talk about heartfelt. It kind of made me emotional hearing her her well up like that. It's like we've spent a lot of time together, and 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 you know that's that's the part that I don't get to know or see. You know, I sit behind the microphone. And I, I like, I do all this crazy stuff. I say all these things. I sing these songs. I, I voice my opinions and my ideas. And I'm kind of in a bit of a bubble. And I put it out there, th- you know, thinking and wondering: does it, does it resonate? Does it mean anything to people? Does it, does it have any substance? Does it, does it, does it add to their lives? Does it subtract from their lives? Does it make them mad? Does it make them happy? Do they think I'm an idiot? Do they think I'm smart? Do they think I'm somewhere in between? I don't know. And so that was the beauty of podcasting for me is that I, I got to just put it all out there, you know, throw it all out there. And, and, and you know, I tried to do a podcast where on, on one moment it's, it's funny and ridiculous and almost infantile and borderline I want to shut this off because this guy sounds like a giant two-year-old idiot. And then in the, in the next breath, I, I, I felt like I was sharing with you my, my deepest thoughts about life and perceptions of life and, and the afterlife and, and spirituality and, and uh, you know, all kinds of things. And, and what's interesting is I don't know what that means to people. And, and I just had to assume. I had to assume that, okay... This, this, these are words. I'm communicating words. They're, they're going out on the airwaves. They're going into people's ears, into their brains, and, and they're going to interpret them as they will, and do with them what they will. And, and, uh, but it, it's really weird. Once you hit the send button on your podcast, it, it, it's like, it's like pushing a kid off to school. You don't know what happens after they. They go in the door at the school. It's like, that's my baby. There goes my baby. He's going through the door, and the door just closed, and I've lost him for the day. I'll see him tonight, but I've lost him for the day. You know what I mean? It's just like it's a whoosh. <laughs> but the thing with the, my podcast is they don't come home at the end of the day. They just go out into the universe, and, and they float, and they sit, and they they land, and they get deleted, and they get saved, and who knows what happens to them. And so um, when I hear the emotion, when I hear the tears, when I hear you choking up, it, it, it tells me that, um, you know, it, it, whatever I was doing on certain days or said were, were impactful to you and they, they resonated and, and uh, became part of, of your, your life in a way. And and it it does it does hurt to hear you uh, emotional and and upset and and part of me just wants to go well I I don't want that I'm gonna keep going I I I, I don't I don't want that person to be hurting but what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna balance out the hurting that you're having now which is which is palatable but I'm gonna balance it against hopefully all the hours of joy that hopefully a thousand episodes of the Harland Highway brought you. And I'm, I'm going to go, I hope that big pile of podcast far outweighs the, the kind of pain you're feeling now, okay? And boy, it, it moves my heart to know that, you know, that, that this meant so much to you that it would make you well up like that. And, and it, it hurt me a bit to hear you say in this horrible world, ooh. And I, I hope that you don't think it's a horrible world. There, there are things that happen in this world, and, and there are moments, and there are, there are events and people that can make it a horrible world. But, you know, part of my podcast, too, and I, I think you guessed it when you said that, is I put the podcast out there to also make the world not so horrible. I, I put it out there and, for the most part, kept it light and fun and silly and... 
and wanted it to be a place that you guys could come and just <laughs> shut shut off all the madness. You know what I mean? Like just just like oh god, let let let, let me hear Campfire Timmy sing. Let me hear Doctor Ascot. Let me hear Commander Tom Corporal Dowdy. You know, like I was just hoping that that this podcast could could uh, you know soften the blows of of the sometimes horrible world but don't think it's a horrible world you know it it's you have to look for the good you have to rise above the bad when you think about it the only thing that makes the world horrible remember this the the planet earth is a huge 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 vast piece of real estate okay and when you say world, you're encapsulating the whole planet. But think about it. Do the oceans make you mad? Are the oceans horrible? Are the trees horrible? Are the ladybugs horrible? Are the squirrels in your tree horrible? Are the, are the bears in the forest horrible? Are the dragonflies on the lily pads horrible? Is the wind through the palm trees horrible? No. The only thing on this world, as you put it, that can make you feel horrible is people. Nothing else can make you feel horrible unless maybe you step on a pine needle and it hurts. But the beauty of that is it's unintentional. unintentional. There's no malice. There's no cruelty. And humans, unfortunately, can be cruel and hurtful. And, and the humans are what can make the world horrible. But I'm going to do the balancing game again with you, my love. You have to balance out kind of like what I did earlier. The sad part of the Harland Highway ending or all the mountains of pleasure you got from a thousand episodes. So look at the world in the same way and go, are most of the people in the world horrible? Or are most of the people in the world good and decent and want to be nice and kind and, and charitable and loving to other people? And the answer, fortunately, is yes. Most of us are on the mountain of loving human beings, right? But sometimes when we look through the world through the prism of the media or through uh, social media or through television or through the news, unfortunately, we're often fed the horrible aspects of humanity. And so it can become really compacted. And when you see something in 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 uh, in quick sound bites and all squished together and compressed and thrown at you and bombarded at you and you 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 hear about and see all these bad things that horrible things that people do, well, it can start to make you paint the world as that place. But let me invite you to go to a world where. TV doesn't exist, a, a, a human, a man-made uh, device. Let me transport you to a world where your cell phone doesn't exist and radio. And just imagine if you woke up every day and all you knew was your immediate surroundings and the other people around you, the, the people on your street, the people in your community. Hello, Mr. Smith. Good morning, Mrs. Johnson. I'm going down to the bakery to get some donuts. Can I get you a blueberry muffin? You know what I mean? The world is actually full of, of a simplicity and, and a love and a, and a unity and a togetherness that humans have to have. We have to have it despite all the wars and, and the cruelty and, and the hate crimes and whatever else is out there. They pale in comparison to all the mountains of good and love and, and unity and togetherness that we have to have. You know, we we would all die if we didn't have that. And I think people deep-rooted primarily understand that, okay? And and the wars and, and the death and the suffering and, and the, the, the ravaging and the pillaging, it happens. But it always only happens for a while and it comes to an end. Because it can't sustain or we would eradicate ourselves as a species. But you know what sustains? You know what keeps on going? You know what prevails? 
love, compassion, togetherness. And, and so I just urge you, I could hear it in your voice, not to have a view of the world that it's a horrible world. And I know, I know you probably don't mean that. I don't think you wake up every day and open your door and go, Oh my God, I'm in the gates of hell. But what I'm saying is don't let mankind, don't let human influence make you think that this beautiful, wonderful planet is a horrible place. Separate the the horrible deeds and the horrible people that can make life unbearable sometimes and feel overwhelmingly horrible, but take the time to separate. I always say whenever you get overwhelmed like that, just go, just stop what you're doing and go outside and sit in your garden or lay on your back and stare at some clouds or go and find a, watch seven ants crawling along the ground. Really, that it sounds silly, but it's that simple. Just watch a bunch of ants going in and out of their hole. Watch a ladybug crawl up this, the stem of a flower. Watch a flower blowing back and forth gently in the breeze. Something, something that just takes you back to what the real world is, the reality, the, 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 the real world without all the hatred and, and the bad stuff. And it's, it's almost like a little, uh, you know, injection of refreshment and an, an injection of, of what's true and real in the world. And it helps you forget, it helps you, it helps you forget that man, humans run and control everything. We've created this illusion that we do, but we're just, we're just these, we're like fleas on the back of a dog. We, we walk around pretending we control the dog, but we don't. The dog moves around on its own. The dog is much bigger and greater than us. We can bite on its back and suck a little blood and irritate the world, but we can never control the world. We can never dominate the world. It's its its, its own big giant force. And so just remember that. And uh, I hope those words help. I know I kind of got carried away there. I got a little... You know, I did exactly what I was talking about. Sometimes I get a little deep and share, maybe share too much. I don't know. But uh, I don't like to hear the pain in your voice. Makes me sad. So I hope that that cheered you up a little. And thank you so much. You, you, You know, you always used to call, and I think I even put you in a couple of my intros. It's like, I love you. It was just you have the cutest voice and and the love was felt and I hope you feel the love back and like I said uh, I'm not going away forever there's there's gonna be other stuff coming up so stay tuned and um, and you'll get to enjoy uh, and have more laughter and and fun stuff coming your way uh, very soon okay so there we go Rods let's Let's put the phone calls away for a bit. We'll probably play a few more as we, you know, climb closer to the end just so we can talk through this stuff. It's, it's like I said, it's kind of heavier than you think, right? You think, oh, I'm going to sign up to a goofy little podcast. Oh, that guy's crazy. Oh, that guy's funny. But, but then you kind of get emotionally dug in. And, and just so you know, I'm emotionally dug in too. That's why th- this, is, this exercise in me talking here is to, is to talk me down from my podcast. Believe me, after nine years of doing this, it's not like I can just turn the button off and go, well, that was fun. Like, I'm emotionally connected to you guys the way you've emotionally connected to what I do, and, and it, it's not easy for me to do it too, but as I say it, it's, it, I feel like personally, creatively, it's run its course and it's time for something fresh, and, and we'll see what happens. So there you go. So let's get back to the, uh, uh, before I become the real Dr. Ascot, good Lord, Roger, you should have stopped me. Uh, but thank you all for your calls and, uh, and I hope that helps, but let's get back to what we, uh, we do best here and just be goofy and crazy. And, uh, Roger, what do we got? Is there anything, can we, can we switch gears here and what? Oh, 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 okay. Now this is a topical thing. Now you've all heard about this guy in, 
in Chicago, this nutty actor, speaking of actors, this is an actor, I told you I met Charlize Theron. Well, this is an actor I don't want to ever meet because this guy is, a, in my mind, a douchebag. This so-and-so Jolette, this guy that, that uh, staged, the, uh, staged the phony uh, racist hate crime attack on himself in Chicago, uh, an African-American gay uh, actor man who perpetrated this horrible hoax, not just on, on uh, his friends and his family and his community, but the whole country. He tried to uh, he tried to he tried to uh, kind of paint a whole half of the country who likes a certain president. Um, he tried to paint everyone who likes him as a horrible racist, uh, you know, uh, lynching, hate crime, a bunch of people. It's just it's very disturbing and and. I, I don't know why I always have to say this, but people get such a bug up their butt. But if it happened from the other side, I would say the exact same thing. If someone who was a fan of, who, who uh, hated Barack Obama tried to do this and make it look like all uh, Democrats were racist and, and hated black people, I would be sick to my stomach. I'd, I'd say everything I'm saying now. Anytime you do this kind of self-serving, horrible, uh, self-indulgent deed, it, it's, it's just, oh, it is, it is vile and evil and unacceptable. And I, I, I think we all concur. I think, can we not all agree on this one at least? You just don't do this stuff, man. And, and this plays into what, what Debbie was saying about about, you know, the horrible world. These are the kind of deeds that human beings do, but it's one guy. One guy, and he kind of put made the whole country feel like ass. It's like, ooh, wow, really? Like, people put a noose around your neck and, and tried to beat you and slander you, and, oh, my God. Like, you know, these are the these are the things where you where you do want to go. What a horrible world we live in! But we have to rise above. And and I'm not a psychologist. I don't know why this guy did this. I don't know why. But Roger's telling me that a gentleman who is knowledgeable in this universe, who does understand culture and especially black culture, right? Roger, Doctor Professor Rutherford Grimes is on the phone. And he's calling in to kind of do a little grief counseling for us because I think we're all reeling from this event. And so Dr. Rutherford Grimes is a uh, sociologist. He studies, uh, he does urban studies, uh, especially uh, in the black communities, an African-American professor up at Berkeley. He studied African culture, African-American culture. Uh, he studied African-American uh, economics, he's, uh, politics, I mean, everything. He's just submersed. That's what his degree is in, is studying the African-American experience. And rather than me uh, drolling on about it, uh, we have the uh, professor on the line, and he's going to kind of give us his, his educated uh, take on why this happened and why it would happen, and how it happened, and yada, yada, yada. So without further ado, is he, is he ready to go? R- Roger just gave me the thumbs up. Let's get him on the line talking about the, the Jesse Millett hate crime hoax. And uh, here he is, uh, Professor Rutherford Grimes from uh, Berkeley in Northern California. Go, uh, go ahead, Professor. You're on the air. Uh, yeah, hello. Yes, Professor uh, Harland Williams here. Thank you for calling in, sir. Uh, yeah, Mr. Williams, how are you today, sir? Uh, we're doing great. We're all a little saddened and, and, and baffled by this, this selfish uh, event that unfolded in Chicago. This Jesse Malay guy, or however you say his name, uh, obviously perpetrated this uh, horrible uh, offensive hoax on all of us, every race, color, creed. Uh, this this affects all of us in a very negative way. Uh, well, the, uh, Mr. Williams, you, you hit the nail on the head. And and, and when uh, an individual who is uh, so disturbed and self-centered uh, takes it upon themselves to 
create the racial narrative in in a community, uh, it never ends up real well uh, because it it just it, it it what it does is it 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 serves the individual and it does anything but serve the community. Well, meaning that 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 this gentleman, uh, you know, had his own kind of objectives. Uh, that were, from what we understand, uh, to to kind of bolster his his salary on his TV show and all that stuff. Uh, well, Mister, I think it goes a lot, a lot deeper than that. Uh, you know, this 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 submerges into the very strata of society, and in, in particular, Mister William, the the African American community. As we know, Mister Gillette was an African American man. Uh, as a homosexual, uh, African-American man, uh, his political leanings are uh, on display in, in full color, of course. Uh, and uh, this individual, uh, he, he took it on himself to uh, be self-righteous, to uh, try to create the narrative for the country, for the community, and in particular, the African-American community. Create a narrative to say, we reject people of a certain political party. We reject uh, people that don't think and agree uh, the way... Professor? ...along the lines that we do. And uh, when you perpetrate that kind of prejudice or that kind of false racism on your fellow citizens, you in turn become the racist. You in turn become the perpetrator, and you in turn become the living, breathing hate crime, Mr. Williams. Wow. Uh, you know, that is so... Uh, I, this is why we wanted to have you on. It is so in-depth. It is so uh, accurate. And, and tell us about, uh, you know, the effect in particular that it does have on the African-American community. Well, absolutely, Mr. Williams. As you know, this is my, uh, this is my pedigree. This is my wheelhouse. I do teach, and I have taught for uh, almost uh, two decades up at Berkeley uh, facility here. And, uh, and uh, you know, I have spent a lifetime, an absolute lifetime, uh, digging into the African-American culture uh, the African uh, culture, the black culture, if you will, uh, are right across the board. And so uh, as devastating as uh, this event is, and as many uh, hot points as we need to look at, we, we always have to come around to one certain thing. Yeah, yes, what is that, uh, Professor uh, Rutherford Grimes? Well, let's look at Jesse Molay and what he do for a living. Uh, his career? Exactly. Now, what was he trying to accomplish with this horrible, horrible divisive stunt? Well, from what we can gather, sir, it, it sounded like it came to... He's a professional actor. He's on a TV show uh, called Empire or something like that, I think. I, I don't know the name, really. And he was trying to get attention uh, to himself uh, to raise his salary as an actor. Exactly. And when, whenever there's a crime, Mr. Williams, uh, we must look at the clues. Uh, I'm sure you read Nancy Drew when you were a young boy. Well, I didn't read Nancy Drew. I, I, I read The Hardy Boys. Okay, well, just listening to your voice, you, you sound like you might be more of a Nancy Drew type of person. Uh, uh, okay, I'm not sure what that means, uh, Mr. Grimes. Well, well, your, your voice is a little bit, little bit dandy, as we say, down in the neighborhood. Dandy? <laughs> Excuse me. Are you okay, sir? Yeah, I'll, let me get back to my point, Mr. Williams. Well, you know, no, I, I, I think you said I was dandy. I'm, I'm li what does that mean? I, I think we should stay focused on the narrative here. And, and one of the things, one of the giant clues in this horrible, horrible crime, Mr. Williams, you nailed the, the, the hammer on the head. Jesse Molay is an actor. That's right. He's an actor. He was trying to get his, his fee up. 
And so we have to take that primary clue, and we have to go, what is it about being an actor that would make this man do something so low, so vile, that he could reach up and really scratch the belly of a snake? Well, yeah, it's got to be something pretty uh, troubling if he's, as, a, as an actor, he's going to try and, uh, you know, change the, the whole racial uh, balance of a country. A country that's already, you know, got racial issues. Exactly. And the biggest clue in this crime is the word actor. Okay, you keep coming back to the word actor. Why, why is actor the, the, the key word in this investigation? Because we look at what was the what was the motivation for this crime, and we go, is it is it hate, is it racism, is it politics, is it money, and we go, no, we can't, we keep coming back to the word actor. Okay, I, I'm not sure I'm following this, uh, professor. Well, there's someone else in the African American community happens to be an actor. Uh, well, there's a lot of African-American actors, uh, Professor. But there's one in particular who had done so well and has won Oscars and has consistently had a career that keeps going and going and going. Uh, okay. And we have to point the finger where the blame lies. Wait a minute, are you saying you know why this all happened because of another actor? What I'm talking about, Mr. Williams, is Jesse Moulet uh, perpetrated this crime so that he could get more recognition, more fame, more money than another prominent African-American actor. And I think you know who I'm talking about, uh, Forrest Whitaker. Wait a minute, Forrest Whitaker. Uh, you know Forrest Whitaker now. Some people has to do a hate crime. Some people got to do a hoax on the whole country to get attention. But Forrest Whitaker now, he got something that God gave him where he don't have to even get up out of bed to get attention and stand out in the pack. What, 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 what do you mean, sir? Forrest Whitaker left eye. Now, have you ever seen Forrest Whitaker's left eye? So, no, wait a minute. Professor, when, no. Now, every time you come on this show, you seem to kind of veer off towards Forrest Whitaker's left eye. and Forrest Whitaker's left eye. Now, this thing hanged down like a bunch of bananas on a banana tree. It just dangled down over his eye. And I don't know if that, uh, that's a meat flap or somebody fold over a pita bread or something over his left eye. And that thing hang down like a sun god you put in your window on a hot day at the, at the mall parking lot. You put a, a sun god in your front window and Forrest Whitaker, I did, God willing, I don't know why, Forrest Whitaker born with like almost like a sun god on his left eye. Just hang down and Forrest Whitaker don't have to do nothing to get a lot of attention in the African-American acting community. Sir, Professor, I don't know why Forrest Whitaker's left eye would make anyone jealous and, and have them do what Jesse Malay did. Well, Jesse Malay tried, and here's where the word jealousy comes in, Mr. Williams. Jesse Malay trying to climb the African-American actor pile. He trying to get up there. You know, he got to go to auditions. He got to be on a second-right television, second-right television, second-right ten, second-right... Professor? A second-rate television series now. Hear me now. And, uh, you know, he not going to get an Oscar doing a television series. He not going to get the big movie money doing a television series. But guess who is? Forrest Whitaker. Okay, and Forrest Whitaker, he don't need to climb no no mountain. He don't need to go to no audition. He don't have to sit with the producer and smooch to get a, a movie role. Forrest Whitaker got something real special that no other African-American actor got. Professor, now... Do you know what it is? Well, I think I know what you're going to say. It's his left eye. Uh, God bless Forrest Whitaker, that left eye. 
That left a hang down from like like a hummingbird nest hanging from a tree branch. I don't know if you ever sat on the edge of a beach and, and watched the sunset go down slowly in the sky and sink into the water. That, when you look in Forrest Whitaker's left eye, that meat flap he got, that big, wide meat flap, it just slowly sink down right over his eyes like watching a sunset on his eye. And, you know, if you get lucky, maybe some seagulls fly across his eye and make some seagull noises, you know, like, ah, ah. You know, right, like watching a Forrest Whitaker left eye cease sunset. Professor, look, I, 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 no one's going to dispute your credentials. You've got degrees. You've been teaching. But, but when you bring this all back to Forrest Whitaker's left eye, I mean, I don't think Jesse Malay would want to wear... Now, now, before you jump the, the, the rail there, Mr. Williams, if you look at the uh, mugshot, or I should say the mugshot, there, there was a picture taken, a police photograph. Do you remember this? Well, which one are you talking about, Professor? There, there was a police photograph taken right after the uh, alleged assault on Jesse Molay. Oh, yes, okay, the one where he's got the cut on his face. And precisely, and and what side of the face was the cut? Uh, I guess on the left side. And where on the face was the cut? Uh, it was right under his his eye. Mingo, Mister Williams. It was right under his left eye. Now, guess who else got a left eye? Forrest Whitaker. He got that left eye with that that eyelid hang down like. Like somebody pushed some chocolate pudding off the edge of the off the edge of the kitchen table, and some raspberry jello. It just it just droop off the side and splat to the floor. Hallelujah, Professor. What are you saying? What I'm saying is the police said that was a self-inflicted wound right near Jesse Malay's left eye. Okay, a self-inflicted wound. Yeah, that makes sense. It was a hoax. But why would someone try to punch themselves in the left eye? I don't know. Because you punch yourself in the left eye, before long, before you know it, your eyelid be drooping down like the ear of a basset hound in a rainstorm, Mr. Williams. Oh, that left eye be hanging down like a baby in a diaper that just dropped a Gerber bomb in there. I mean, it is sagging right down to the back of that child's knees. And Jesse Malay, looking to get an advantage in the acting world, the African-American acting community, he like, this is my chance to get me an eye like Forrest Whitaker. I'm going to stage an attack. I'm going to call it racist. But at the end of it, his main objective was so he could punch himself in the left eye and his left eye hang down like a soggy piece of pizza slice folded over in your hand when it's too hot to hold on to. What the hell are you talking about? Are you saying the reason this guy did this is so he could punch his eye, have a saggy eye like Forrest Whitaker, and start taking movie roles away from Forrest Whitaker because now Jesse Malay is the new saggy left eye in town. Bingo, Mr. Williams. This is ridiculous, Professor Rutherford. How is it that you always bring these theories of yours about the African-American community back to Forrest Whitaker's left eye? Because you ever hear the saying, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth? Of course. Well, how about a saggy Forrest Whitaker left eye for a saggy Forrest Whitaker left eye? Here we go. This is just, this, now you've entered into the world of the ridiculous. And what actor wouldn't want an eye that sagged down? Oh, just like, you ever been uh, driving through the mud and all of a sudden your, your tire go into a mud puddle and your, your whole car just sagged down? That Forrest Whitaker's left eye just dripped down like ice cream down the side of an ice cream cone on a hot July day. Just picture some mint chocolate chip ice cream, Mr. Williams, slowly sliding down from the scoop and dripping down the side of that cone. It's like watching Forrest Whitaker with a mint chocolate chip meat flap on his eye just dripping down. Okay, stop! Mr. Williams? 
Well, I don't mean to raise my voice to you, sir, but th- th- this is a serious matter, and, and, and you're, you're taking something that affects all of us, and you're, you're, you're going down this, this road where everything happens because of Forrest Whitaker's left eye. Now, I do believe I have numerous diplomas on my wall, Mr. Williams, in African-American culture, subculture, and, and so on and so forth. Now, for you to dispute what I took the time out of my business schedule to come on your show and convey to the people so that they can understand and cope and adjust to this horrible moment in our country's history is beyond, I don't know why you do this. I'm not doing anything, sir, but I, I think you're confusing a very important, sensitive moment in our history with, with a, 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 an actor, Forrest Whitaker, and his left eye. Oh, that eye. That eye. Who knows what else is coming around the corner? Who knows what other eye? Who knows? Maybe Denzel Washington got some plans. Maybe Denzel Washington going to go out to the park one night and pretend he got jumped by a bunch of hoodlums and punched his left eye all up. And he, he go to the media and TMZ put him on the television cameras and his eye all drooping down like a, like a baked ham that just came out of the oven, just bubbling with skin on it, just flapping down like a mud flap on the back of an 18-wheeler driving from here all the way up to Sacramento. I mean, oh, my God. Sir, I'm going to have to end the call. I think you, this has just spiraled into something that my listeners don't appreciate. Uh, I'm sorry. Well, why don't you ride a unicorn straight to hell, you son of a bitch? Racist. What? What, what the hell? Roger, what? I'm the racist? I didn't say anything. There's nothing racist. I was having a, an educated conversation about important. This guy... I know he's a professor, but but, good Lord. Why am I? I feel like the bad guy here. This guy went off. It made no sense. Good Lord. What a Forrest Whitaker's left eye. Good God. Go to a commercial, Roger. What an idiot. For my feminine itching, I depend on Vagisil cream to stop it instantly. And for a painful, burning itch, I get Maximum Strength Vagisil for even stronger relief. There's Vagisil Cream and Maximum Strength. Ay, ay, ay. What a, what a weird way to end the show. I mean, you know. Yeah, I, I respect the, the professor's uh, point of view, and he's certainly knowledgeable, and he's an African-American man, but I expected a little more out of him on this. I, I think... I think this goes way, way deeper than just Forrest Whitaker's left eye. So as much as I I don't want to sound like I'm smarter than him, I, I just don't know that I agree with his analysis. And and I, I, I don't know. Anyways, we're going to end the show there because... Uh, it's just it's just got it's a head scratcher and I'm a little discombobulated by all that talk about somebody's eye. Ridiculous. Uh, let me give you an update on uh, what's going on with my stand-up comedy schedule. Uh, in a couple of weeks I will be in the beautiful city of San Diego. San Diego, California. Here I come. Heavens. Heavens to Betsy even. Um, So uh, March 14th to uh, March 16th, I will be at the American Comedy Co. in San Diego, California. What a great club. It's one of those real intimate rooms. It's like down in a basement and on the stage you can see the, the pipes from the from the uh, you know the the water pipes and stuff from up above, and it's it's just kind of a cool, dingy, like intimate comedy club. So come on out to the uh, American Comedy Co. That's March 14, 15, and sixteen in San Diego, California. Gonna be a blast. And then uh, the following weekend, March twenty uh, first to the twenty third, yours truly will be at the Mohegan Sun. Uh, uh, casino up there near Hartford, Connecticut. It's uh, it's a beautiful casino nestled out in the woods, and they have a great comedy club called Comics with an X. Comics, 
And I'll be out there uh, March 21st to the 23rd. And uh, that's another great one. Uh, going to be a blast. And if you want to get tickets for these shows ahead of the crowds, go to my website, harlandawilliams.com, and go to the uh, stand-up tour page and reserve your tickets. And while you're there, you can look and see if I'm coming to your town or city. I've got many more dates listed on the page of my 2019 tour schedule. Uh, so maybe you can come out and see me in person. And last night, I did a show in a beautiful city called Chico, California. Er, and yeah, Chico, California. And it's just uh, kind of north of Sacramento, California. And I thought it was going to be kind of a, you know, a quiet little farming town or a, a small like agricultural community. And it turns out there's a college up there. And it's the cutest little, most boutique little town with, with little beautiful little restaurants and a downtown area with with lights and, and parks and fountains and and uh, got to do a show. And I guess what the owners told me was the, the second oldest theater in California. This thing was built way, way back. I think it was over 100 years old called the Majestic Theater, a huge old uh, movie theater. And they repurposed it and they're doing like live uh, entertainment shows and they had myself in to do a stand-up show, and it was great. And much to my delight, there was a father and a son right in the front row who, in the, in the middle of my act, he started yelling out, uh, the Harland Highway, don't st don't quit the Harland Highway, keep the Harland... And I was so moved, and uh, I didn't get a chance to talk to them after the show, but how special that a father and a son were there, uh, A, to, to support my stand-up and come out and have a laugh, but also to be so passionate about the Harland Highway. So thanks for coming out, guys. Thanks for all of Chino coming out. What a great uh, venue. What a great town. And we had a really good time. So make sure you get out to uh, any uh, any shows that I might be in your part of the world. Would love to see you. Also, while you're at harlandwilliams.com, you can check out our, uh, our uh, web store. We have all kinds of fun merchandise, shirts and uh, Music CDs and DVDs and digital downloads and all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, check that out. Also, um, you know, as I said, we're ending, but there there will still be a uh, a uh, a premium member um, way to get the uh, the uh, archived editions uh, of the podcast. So if you want to hear all one thousand episodes of the Harland Highway. For 20 bucks a year, you can jump on the uh, premium membership at harlowilliams.com or on the free app, the Harland Highway app, on your cell phone. So we'll still be out there in the, in the universe, gang. We're just uh, we're not going to be doing weekly, um, you know, brand new episodes. Uh, so there you go, gang. Thank you for uh, being here. And and based on that that horrible hate crime. And after talking about how the world can be horrible and it's only people that make it horrible, let's be good to each other. Don't do stupid things like this idiot did from that TV show. We all just want to get up and wake up every day and have a good meal and spread the love and have a good life. So, so why do stupid, hurtful, mean, cruel things? Just be good to each other. Is that, is that too hard? Uh, that's it. Thank you for being here. I love you guys. And until next time, chicken chow mein, baby. Just pitches some mint chocolate chip ice cream, Mr. Williams. Slowly sliding down from the scoop and dripping down the side of that cone. is like watching Forrest Whitaker with a mint chocolate chip meat flap on his eye. Just 